We talking about sports. Get ball. What it do, baby? Yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. That's right. You didn't think we were going to take another long break. We're back. Better than ever. And I got another spicy edition for you. This time, I am joined by my big brother, Vish. Vish, welcome back to the podcast. The last episode with you and Rush was a big hit, so I figured we needed to have you back. I appreciate it, man. It's uh, it's good to be back. It's good to uh, good to connect and good good to to see you, man. So, and for the number one podcast listeners, you know, uh, you get a double dose of the Bot Bros. So, sorry, not yes, sorry, sir. right? <laughs> yep. Ho's probably mad because uh, you're not going to have have us eat our humble pie just yet. For sure, for sure. And that's a nice segue for yeah, fam or not, because I'm starting with the MLB playoffs. So, as we all know by now, the NLCS ended with the Dodgers defeating the Braves in seven games. The Dodgers came back from down 3-1. Um, are you a yeah, fam or not of the result of the NLCS? You know, I'm a big nah, fam to this. Uh I hate the fucking Dodgers, dude. Uh, you know, Mookie is fun to watch. Uh, it's also, I guess it's it's bittersweet because I feel like I hate the Red Sox more. Uh, but man, did they hit the jackpot with him? And let's not forget he was a he was a cheater in 2018. So uh, let's not slide that under the rug. <laughs> yeah, keep that fucking same energy. Keep that fucking same energy, Dodgers fans. You righteous righteous bitches. Congratulations. I'm a nod of this one, too, obviously. Like, fuck the Dodgers, but they'll probably end up winning now. Um, Okay, the ALCS, obviously, we're going to be a nod of this. But uh, the Astros and Rays, the Astros went down 3-0 and somehow forced the Game 7. Only the second time ever that happened. Unfortunately, they did not match what happened on the first time. Um, Speaking of the Red Sox we hate, uh, that was the time the Red Sox won, broke the Curse of the Bambino in 2004. They came back down from 3-0 to beat the Yankees. Uh, The Astros fell short behind um, former or 2017 World Series champ Charlie Morton, who's now in the Rays, had to put the knife in our back with a dominant pitching performance. Obviously, we're not of this result, but you, yeah, fam, or not? Uh, Not of the result, but... You know, as an Astros fan, definitely yeah, fam. Uh, I don't. I think as to be during the regular season, as Verlander went down, you know, as as we lost Asuna, uh, Yoran Alvarez also went down with an injury. Like, I don't think anyone expected us to make it back to the ALCS. Four straight, by the way. Four straight. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable. Um, so I'm a huge yeah, fam to this. Uh, just because the Astros, you know, fought their ass off, and uh, I felt like Dusty Baker didn't cost them, uh, which usually he's done with some of his teams. Um, and in this case, I think he did a great job uh, managing everything, but just kind of was a, a shitty result for sure. Yeah, it almost made it more painful that they came back. Like, if it was super improbable if they would have completed it, but it's just so difficult to win four times in a row. They had all the momentum, but unfortunately, they ran into an incredible. Uh, pitching performance by charlie morton and then uh by by that point it was a little too late they put on two runs but ended up losing four to two in game seven um overall me yeah fam and i just love this like narrative that people are so relieved that the astros lost like as if their season was a failure i mean they made it to the fucking alcs under 500 
and they beat all your fucking favorite teams. So I don't know where the righteousness comes that you're so glad. I'm assuming it's relief because you didn't have to have it rubbed in your face, but <laughs> they forced a game seven and made it to the ALCS and they've made four straight. So I'm, I don't have anything else to say, but play that fucking track. I, the, the other part of it was like the Rays. I felt like the first three games, they just made insane plays. You know, I, Obviously, I was watching a lot more intently than any of the other playoff matchups. But, I mean, everything was – I mean, it was like a black hole. It just sucked shit up. And it was just – I mean, good for them. Uh, you know, hopefully they're able to uh, to hold their own against the Dodgers. But, man, they they played some incredible defense yeah, it seemed like they had, at the right time. It seemed like they had extra defenders out there. For sure, for sure. We can get, The Strohs couldn't catch a break with any – it was like hard hit balls, and yet the Rays were – just squeaking by. So I'm glad they for for seven, but it it made it more painful. <laughs> That's for sure. Okay. Um speaking of seasons wrapping up, because whatever, fuck them I'll be at this point. Go Stros, baby. Bang bang bitches. From the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize. To absolutely nobody. Um the NBA finals wrapped up. The Lakers beat the Heat in six games. LeBron secured his fourth NBA title, his fourth NBA Finals MVP. Um, that puts him in very elite company uh, with MJ, Kareem, and Bill Russell as the only people to do that. Um, he has won a title in his second year of his last three stops. So after his initial stint with Cleveland, he went to Miami, won in year two, then went back to Cleveland, won in year two. And now in L.A. is one in year two. It's more of a recap. Uh, we have more on this later, obviously, and you played yourself. So stay tuned for that. Uh, that's where the majority of this category is going. But I wanted to get a bonus regarding the NBA because now that the season's wrapped up, uh, the big subject is Giannis, which, by the way, not even the first Antetokounmpo to win an NBA title. So oh, shit. <laughs> not my MVP. Betty alert. Betty alert. Anyway, um. Yeah, fam or not, Giannis won't finish next season on the Milwaukee Bucks. Man, this is a tough one. I'm a nah fam. Um, it's it's tough to gauge Giannis. Um, you know, I I don't think I think he stays on the Bucks, and it's one of those situations that the the Durant Thunder had before, where you kind of have to just run it back because Giannis is really good. Um, he might not just have a cast surrounding him to make a title run, but for the Bucks, small market, you kind of have to run it back. So for them, I think they have to keep it unless Giannis is like, uh, I'm out, I'm out of here and I'm signing with this team. Um, kind of what AD did, but yeah, I, I think he's staying with Milwaukee until, until the bitter end. So I, I think I'm, I'm cautiously a yeah fam. I would not be surprised if. Um, eventually he requests a trade and obviously there are a lot of people chiming for the Warriors because they're the only ones that could put together a halfway decent package to secure Giannis. It would involve something like Andrew Wiggins. They also have, by the way, have the number two pick in this year's draft. Uh, it's a weak, weak pool this year, but still, um, I think if Giannis were to go to Milwaukee and say, I'm planning to leave, they would probably be best to... <laughs> make a trade, but I think he is going to stick at finish next season with the bucks beyond that might be a 
the better question. We'll tackle that as we get get to it, obviously. Well, it's going to be hard for... I mean, the Warriors also have that trade exception. I, I think it expires at the end of this year, so they can take on a little bit more salary. And they're eating luxury tax. But I, I mean, I, the uncertainty around fans being in the NBA and all of that... And especially with the Warriors having a new arena, I feel like it's going to be really difficult for them to justify taking on that much luxury tax when they're paying a shit ton of money back. So I think, you know, for Giannis, I don't know if it even makes sense for him to go to Golden State. You know, I would love to see him paired up with Luka in Dallas. Like, that is just Mm -hmm. a holy crap watch miami. out yeah i mean it's um it's one of those yeah and miami holy i mean it's it would be scary and i i think you know Giannis is great i mean don't get me wrong but you know if he's in dallas luca's like luca's the main guy and Giannis can play off of luca so well so you know i i think if if we're rooting for the nba and uh you know in in 10 years when we're post lebron um lebron's prime uh, as he's becoming a spot up shooter, you know, when he's at the age of like fifty, uh, you know, we would we would love to have just Giannis and Luca kind of dominate the NBA. I uh, either way, I'm definitely a yeah fam to the. I don't think Giannis is gonna be a buck for life. I don't know if that's. I know small market fans are gonna be pissed about that, but I just don't see it happen. Okay, so um, on to the NFL. So obviously there's a lot to discuss with the NFL, but I wanted to get your take. Yeah, fam or nah. Speaking of the NFL draft, since my season's gone to hell already, <laughs> I'm already in that mode. But if the Jets, which are clearly on pace to get the number one pick, if they do get the number one pick, Clemson quarterback Trevor Lawrence should go back to Clemson. So just a little background, Trevor Lawrence already pretty much said this is his last season at Clemson. I think he's um, worked ahead in first degree. So kudos to him. So he kind of knows already that this is it, but yeah, fam or not, if the jets get the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence should essentially pull a, uh, Andrew Luck and go back to school. No, I know it's a little bit different, but still yeah, fam or not. Uh, I'm a big nah fam. I don't think he should go back to Clemson. I think his, his stock is as high as it can get. So for him, you know, we've seen those quarterbacks and I think the best indication of that is really Matt Leinert, where he could have been a top, you know, three pick. And he kind of... My favorite example of that, remember Jake Locker? Yeah, I, I mean, there you go. I mean, so, I mean, I think I'm a big now. Like, he shouldn't go back to Clemson. You know, he he's won national titles. He's done what he needs to do. He showcased his talent. Um, he's clear-cut, number one. and He, show, he showcased his acting skills, so his career <laughs> post-football, he can win an Oscar in addition as one from the Fiesta. Bowl. That, that too. I mean, I, but I mean, I get it. I mean, he, he has what it takes. Um, he, ha- and I, as much as I like, we love Justin Fields. I mean, there's, there's no going wrong with those two quarterbacks. So I don't think he should go to Clemson, but I did want to bring up something to you that I wanted to ask you. Do you think if he goes pro that any chance he pulls like a John Elway or like an Eli Manning and he's like, there's no fucking way I'm playing for the Jets. They're a trash franchise. They Wait have Wait. bad Wait front office, bad ownership. They've never they haven't really won. They they haven't surrounded themselves with that. And yeah, they've been in the playoffs with Rex Ryan, but like that was because of their defense. I mean, you look at all the people that they've lost, and I mean, it's uh, what do you, what do you think? I don't. I so I guess I'm 
I'm yeah, change this. I think I think that's I think that's a better question. Actually, um, I'm glad you brought it up because obviously he'd be dumb to not take the money. I mean, I still think even if he went back to Clemson, he would still be the number one pick the following year. And who's to say the Jets won't still have that pick the following year? Um, but I think that that's a, a more interesting question. And I'm I actually am a yeah fan to this. I could see him pulling that and saying I refuse to play for the Jets. I think it's way more likely, obviously, than him going back to Clemson. Um, so I really like that question. I I think he could do it if Eli Manning's old stupid faced ass could do it. Then why wouldn't Sunshine Trevor Lawrence do it? I mean the the part about Eli Manning that was odd is he turned down San Diego, greatest city in the history of mankind. <laughs> Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it San Diego, which of course in German means a whale's vagina. To go to yeah. New York, which is super fucking surprising. Laugh, like, why wouldn't you want to be a quarterback in like 60 degree weather consistently and also in the AFC West where like, hey, the Chiefs is maybe where you have to play cold weather and maybe Denver, but like. So what? But it's only twice a year. Yeah, it's, it's it was odd for sure. But hey, um, you know, I, I think Trevor Lawrence has that. He can he can kind of pull that leverage, and I think there's there's plenty of teams that would. And, and I think even if he says that, I think it gives the Jets an opportunity to trade out of that number one pick too. So um, even if they didn't want to trade, you know, didn't actually want to pick him and trade him and and kind of go through that whole hassle, just like hey, we got to we got an extra, you know, first round pick for the following year and all of that and build themselves up because, you know, I, I feel like that's yeah. that's probably the best way they can go. Of pieces. All right. You know what time it is. I'm petty as hell. And I'm super petty. Here we petty. Petty Le Pew. Go. That's right. It's time for You Played Yourself. Your favorite segment. My favorite segment. Well, kind of. It just causes me pain anyway these, this time of year. But it's time for You Played Yourself. And without further ado... First up, I got one for you, uh, Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. So uh, two weeks ago, Ron Rivera said, quote, our best chance to win is to put the ball in someone else's hands. That's what I'm doing, end quote. This is in regards to benching quarterback Dwayne Haskins. Uh, speaking of needing to be drafted in the right spot, by the way. So between Kyle Allen and Alex Smith, the ensuing week, Washington didn't complete a single pass more than six yards downfield. Um, that was against the Rams. They combined to go 18 of 30 for 111 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Then this past week, Allen in Washington lost to the previously winless New York Giants. That's right. This is who they benched Haskins for. I'm pretty sure Haskins could have managed to do at least a little better than that. So don't get me wrong. Everybody's rooting for Alex Smith to make his comeback. It was surefire comeback player of the year. If you've seen his story, you know how incredible it is that he's even playing football. For sure. I mean, he almost lost a leg. He almost lost his life. So that's beyond that. This is purely from a Dwayne Haskins standpoint that Washington flat out played themselves. You couldn't play yourselves more because what you said was give the best chance to win was with another quarterback and you couldn't even beat a winless team. So I'm just going to go ahead and call bullshit on that 
that Kyle Allen isn't the fucking answer. You might as well ride it out with your young quarterback and give him a chance in a, at a full season and a fucking competent coach and coaching staff and then be the judge. Anyway, you got something to add regarding this? You know, uh, I know you hate this, but there's still a game out of first place. But really, in all seriousness, I think there has to be something up with Dwayne Haskins. You know, I, I think you know I love, and I, I know the listeners know I love listening to podcasts, I think, more so than music. And I get I get, uh, I get my fair share of jokes around it. Go ahead, laugh it up, whatever it is. But on the GM, GM shuffle, uh, Mike Lombardi, who was a previous GM, um, uh, general manager, uh, he, he kind of mentioned something that was interesting. Um, and he mentioned that... Uh, and, and he's he's in the know. So I think when he talks to some or talks about something on his podcast, he he knows something that that many of us don't, and it doesn't often get reported by the Schefters, the Ian Rappaports, you know, whatever you you want to call it. But he said that he doesn't think Haskins. This is Mike Mike Lombardi doesn't think Haskins has adapted to coach, which is really fucking strange because you know he. He went through a huge change when he was at Ohio State, right? And I think that's something that you can agree in. They changed their entire offense to fit what Haskins was able to do. And he did it really well. And I'm not just saying that as a Buckeye fan, but even as an outsider looking in, like he fucking broke records in the Big Ten that were that lasted for 15 plus years. The other part was Haskins was voted as a team captain. Are you fucking kidding me? Like if you were not working your ass off, why would you be voted as a team captain? So it's certainly a weird situation brewing in D.C. I I give the benefit of the doubt to Ron Rivera. Um, he's done a great job with a, a very egocentric quarterback in, in Cam Newton, which could be there for Haskins as well. But, you know, if you think his time's done, trade him. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure you can get great value out of him. Start building your franchise, start building up, and you can still make a run for the playoffs. But you know, there's a team out there that's probably willing to spin their wheels. I don't know what you what you thought on that. I think it's just it's just fucking weird. It's a very odd situation, and um, I think I heard something um, that he worked. Haskins clearly worked hard to earn the starting spot, but n- not necessarily worked hard to uh, keep the spot in, in his preparation um, and his general love for the game. So. Uh, that's kind of alarming if if that is in fact true I guess we'll see I know there are questions about it before and obviously this doesn't bode well um, both Haskins and then you have someone like Mitch Trubisky these one-year starters that uh, show out in one year of playing uh, it doesn't bode too well for um, you know flashing the pan quarterbacks in college the future yeah, for sure anyway obviously you have counters to that too like your Kyler Murray's and your Lamar Jackson's um, but but still, Haskins and Trubisky were really high picks and uh, have not panned out well, I- at all. So hopefully, hopefully Haskins, you know, we're homers with that. Hopefully, he gets another chance to prove himself. Well, I wouldn't even it doesn't appear like it's going to be Washington. You know, I wouldn't. I would push back big time on that. I wouldn't even say like the Kyler Murrays and Lamar Jacksons. Like those teams adjusted their offense, had offensive coordinators that are like, "Hey, I'm going to use Lamar Jackson's skill set." Like Jim Harbaugh, like changed his fucking entire offense same thing with kyler murray don't put jim in here jim jim's a loser john john actually has won yeah and so like you know you you have these 
these offenses, you have these coaches that are able to adapt. And Haskins has gone, has kind of been in a, I mean, we talked about it, you know, last time is Washington is just a joke of a franchise and has been for years. It's a laughing stock. I mean, they, they just continuously do bad by what that is. I mean, like, even if you look at someone like RG3 that had an incredible rookie year, and then they let their field basically eat him alive and cost him his career, what could have been amazing. And same thing with Kirk Cousins. They were paying him, what, you know, a franchise tag year after year? Like, come on, move on. Stop stop dicking around. I don't, I don't know. It's just, I'm not surprised with Washington, but it's just like, you know, give these rookie quarterbacks a chance. Like, even like the Sam Darnolds, we, we joke about the Jets, like... Fine, whatever. Uh, you know, Josh Rosen's not getting those chances. Like, if you draft a quarterback, surround that quarterback with what they're good at and what they had even in college, and it can go a huge, it can go a long way. So sometimes it's more important to be lucky in your situation that you get drafted. Yeah, for sure. Next up, I wanted a special. You played yourselves to put a bow on this NBA season. This next, you played yourself goes to LeBron James haters. LeBron James, greatness doubters, you know, specifically you asterisk NBA title gang, you can go ahead and fuck off, first of all. LeBron James, in case you missed it, is now a four-time NBA champion, a four-time NBA MVP, a four-time finals MVP, a 16-time all-NBA performer, a 16-time all-star, a three-time all-star game MVP, six-time all-defense, he was the rookie of the year, obviously. Interesting enough, not not even that interesting. It's not surprising. Triple doubles in the NBA Finals this century. LeBron James, 11. Every other player in the NBA combined, 10. What you know, I can't say it any better than LeBron himself could say it. So let me run this clip. We just want our respect. Rob wants his respect. <laughs> Coach Vogel wants his respect. Our organization wants their respect. Laker Nation wants their respect. And I want my damn respect, too. I cannot stress to you just how incredible it is being a LeBron James fan. It is truly the best, especially when all the haters of LeBron James have to try to convince us that they appreciate his greatness with these obligatory congratulations. It's almost like those moments where they have to be like, I guess I have to say congratulations, and you know they don't fucking mean it, and I live for that <laughs> shit because I'm, I am reading all these tweets and stuff. It's like, all of a sudden acknowledging his greatness while these really smart people try to find ways all season long to diminish how great he is. I fucking love it. And I would rather you be one of the many people I know that just happens to fall silent when LeBron James wins it all. Just happens to. Each of the four times is when you we stop hearing from you. I just, I fucking eat that shit up. I love it. What about you? You got something to add here? On, on these uh, LeBron, LeGod James haters. I know that you have something to say regarding, um, you know, there's kind of like an age-old debate, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, LeBron versus Jordan. So let me get to my next, you played yourself before we get to you, your take on this. So I need the group of people that are on the don't compare greatness, just appreciate it train to shut the fuck up and get the fuck out of here. Pick a side. It's MJ or it's LeBron. If not, sit this one out and think about how fun you aren't at parties. Ranking the acceptable sides of this debate, there are a few options. LeBron, 
MJ, and some of you somehow want Kobe in this conversation. I mean, I guess you could go ahead, but he's way down this list. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I mean, rest in peace to Mamba, but he's not part of this conversation. But I'll even accept you fucking picking a side. Don't be the, just appreciate greatness. We fucking are. That's why we're debating it. We don't play fucking basketball. We're behind a microphone and a keyboard. So what are we going to do but chop it up and talk shit? Like, just shut the fuck up if you have to be in between in a sports debate. Like, you're not fucking fun. You played yourself. So if you don't have an opinion, MJ or LeBron and some of you crazy people that think Kobe belongs in it, like, just fucking sit it out. We'll, we'll save you when we have a debate over who's the best referee or some bullshit like that that nobody cares about. Anyway, so that's a nice segue. Obviously, we're Team LeBron here because this man is responsible for making teams contenders immediately and by himself sometimes. So we already know I've talked ad nauseum about how Team Legat I am. But without further ado, that's the nice segue for you to have your chance at a rant regarding the Lakers, LeBron, whatever you, wherever you want to take it. Yeah, so uh, I think those number one podcast listeners, uh, you know, you guys know when I co-hosted my last session, I like to zag a little bit. And so around this LeBron-Jordan debate, uh, I'm going to kind of do the same thing. Oh, no. Just kidding, man. Fuck off, for real. Uh, so... First and foremost, I live in LeBron's hometown of Akron, Ohio. It's almost like five years, which is fucking crazy to begin with. But I've grown a new appreciation for the GOAT. That's right, the GOAT. What he's done for Akron, his actual hometown, and it's not Cleveland. Let me get on a quick sidebar here. Sorry, I'm going to I'm gonna go off on this little rant. Uh, that's why we're brothers. This is what we do. Akronites continued to love LeBron even when he left Cleveland the first time. Clevelanders, for whatever reason, felt betrayed. LeBron stayed in this community, continued to do all of that, even before the I Promise School. And oh yeah, he has the I Promise School. Are you fucking kidding me? He's created a school that has these wraparound services for kids and their families and now he's creating housing around that area. Like I be, you know, anytime I drive into work, I drive by it. And it's so cool just to see what he's able to do for that community. And then he put that I promise school, not him himself, but because of what he was able to do on the fucking Wheaties box. I mean, he wasn't on the golf course like MJ was. He wasn't in the casino like MJ was. And I think even this last postseason was the first time I saw him smoking a cigar where I think every single time we saw MJ celebrating, he was smoking that cigar. Nothing wrong with cigars, but I'm just letting that out there. I guess that wasn't really much of a sidebar, <laughs> but you know, and that being said, don't get me wrong. Jordan is still one of the best players to ever play the game. Period. My take here is LeBron is just better. And that's okay. You can have that statement. You can have that clear-cut fact because that's what Jordan did. He elevated the game. But so did LeBron. LeBron was on the SI cover at age 17. 
So I did a quick Google search of the youngest to ever be on the SI covers in the teens, whatever. I kind of narrowed it down to two people because I didn't really know the other ones that were on the SI cover, to be honest. Uh, One was 19-year-old Kevin Garnett, and the other was a 16-year-old Bryce Harp to don this, you know, amazing cover. KG was a beast. Automatic first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't think you'll have any arguments around that. But let me just put that in perspective. KG had 143 playoff games, right? Through basketball reference, these are where all these stats are coming from. So with 143 playoff games, he had a losing record of 70 and 73. He had one championship and two finals appearance. Now, KG did have longevity. He played 21 seasons. But let me give you another stat. The last nine seasons, which also includes these Celtics years where they were playoff teams year in, year out, he averaged less than 33 minutes. Congratulations. That's nuts. And the other part of that is that Bryce Harper, who's and he's, you know, the other athlete that was on the SI cover. He's still early in his career and he's known as a hothead. Nine seasons that he's been kind of in the pros, four playoff appearances, hasn't gotten out of the first round. So, you know, going back to KG's 33 minutes, LeBron has an average under 34 once in his career. Again, stats, all fucking backing it up. All right. So who cares about KG? Who cares about Bryce Harper? Let's do Jordan because that's what we heard about. You know, I think last week or two weeks ago, right when the Lakers won the championship, Nick Wright, who's as pro-LeBron as there gets, went on this anti-Jordan platform, which was kind of interesting. I don't know if you thought that too, Prem. Like, it was yep. it was kind of cool. It was, it was, oh, wow. But he didn't really talk about the playoffs the way I want to talk about them. So let's do that. Let's do Jordan-LeBron playoffs. Playoffs? You can play that clip if you got it. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Jordan was 119-60. So that's a total of 179 games if you didn't do that quick math in your head right there. The first year he made it out of the first round was 1988. You know what year Pippen was drafted? Hmm. 1987. Oh, oh shit. That's cool. So Jordan did make the playoffs earlier in his career. I did want to say that. But his Bulls team was 38-44 and when they made it that year. Are you fucking kidding me? 38 and 44. Could you imagine if LeBron had a 38 and 44 team? Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm apart. So what about LeBron's playoff? 172 and 88. That's 260 starts. That's more than three full NBA seasons on top of the regular seasons he's already played. He has as he has almost as many wins in the playoffs. As Jordan's played playoff games, LeBron's first playoff series, by the way, don't ever play he made yourself. it past the first round. They yourself. weren't 38 and 44. But what about LeBron's second ever playoff series? He made it to the NBA Finals. Congratulations. In his second yourself. ever playoff series to bring back to the point that he was... He had no business being in that one. And everyone knows exactly what that playoffs was. I can't even remember who was on that fucking team, that 07 Cavs. I, I mean, we could prop like Booby Gibson... I mean, I can probably try to name players. I am sure the Ohioans. Get I think it. they're. Se- I think they're. Se- I think their second leading scorer is like Antoine Jameson or. Something. Wow, so fucking cool. Antoine Jameson was like halfway retired by the time he came back. So it's it's pretty remarkable. So 
I'm going to bring it back full circle to that SI cover. He was 17 when he was on that SI cover. Deemed as a chosen one. Somehow has lived in that media spotlight as a high schooler. Not only has he lived up to that hype, he's done so much more. He's exceeded our every expectations. Now, I can start to name the shit that you already named. Made nine of the last ten finals, MVP of finals for three different teams, blah, blah, blah. I just wanted our listeners to know, hey, you know those stats, but in summary, what LeBron James does for the game of basketball and beyond basketball is just something different. That's my rant. That's all I have. Amen. And to that same vein, you know, we had to continue some of the same um, vibe from last episode. So I asked our cousin Roche to also give us a LeBron-led rant. Let's run that clip. Yo, what's good? It's Roche from Houston. I know I was on there last week on Prem Brulee. But I uh, had to get back on the you know number one podcast in your headphones to spit my LeBron take because it's not every year that things line up and the stars align for LeBron to win a title because everyone tries to destroy him year in and year out. So let me just get this started because I kind of prepared a little bit of an essay here. Um, first of all, I refuse to allow any asterisk to be put on this title. Did y'all let him put an asterisk? On the title when Kyrie's knee exploded in 2015, what about, you know, when KD decided to go and run to his friends at the Warriors and, you know, just team up so he can beat LeBron pretty much because that's the only way it was ever going to happen. I'm going to read you a quote. Quote, I feel like a lot of people say that there's going to be a star next to this championship. I feel like at the end of the day, this is going to be the toughest championship you could ever win because the circumstances are really, really tough right now. So whoever wants it more is going to be able to go out there and take it. End quote. Who said this quote? Why, yes, if you were wondering if it was Giannis, it definitely was fucking Giannis. Remember all these takes earlier in the year when we were like, you know, Giannis is better than LeBron. You know when he got... Name the MVP. Yeah, Giannis is better LeBron. LeBron's number two. The only game that prevented Giannis's overall number one seeded team to not get swept out of the semifinals was led by Chris Middleton because Giannis Antetokounmpo was on the bench. He wasn't playing through his ankle injury. Regardless of how severe it is, he seems like the kind of guy in the regular season who would toughen it up and play things for clicks and for headlines. So, you know, play for some pride. He didn't do it, and the, the team got waxed. The the Jimmy Butlers, the Miami Jimmy Butlers, just waxed the Milwaukee Bucks out of the playoffs. So, you know, go ahead, stay at home, and enjoy your fraud-ass MVP, because now we're at two straight years of, you know, shooting 60% at the rim, two straight MVPs that ended in early playoff exits. And catch me never rooting for a guy who cares about his personal stats more than a team stat. Maybe watch some LeBron film and learn how to do both, brother. Every year we heard, you know, LeBron has benefited from the soft East. This is the same soft East that dunked Giannis back to Greece. In the semifinals, LeBron could fucking never. He has not since 2010. It's been incredible. And we're telling, we're telling people that the east is soft come on lebron dismantled the west and Giannis couldn't get through the soft east not to mention the lakers beat the heat 
who was the same team who just decimated the Bucks. Y'all were saying that the Bucks could beat the Lakers. Ouch. I could, you know, I can't really, I can't really say much. But all I know is I can't wait to continue to root against Giannis when he eventually tucks his tail and runs to the Golden State Warriors because we all know that's going to happen. Next bullet point: the quote Clippers would have beat the Lakers take. And, oh, you know, the Lakers are lucky they didn't have to play the Clippers this year. On what planet were we watching TV? Were we watching the NBA? This this is the same team that had three double-digit leads, all of them in closeout games against the Denver Nuggets. And um, if my me- I don't know if my memory is, like, dysfunctional, but I'm pretty sure that the Lakers ran through the Nuggets in five games. Yikes. Oh, oh, was it was what was that at the beginning of the year? Ka- Kawhi was better than LeBron. Was was that? Do I remember that correctly? You know, if LeBron put up Kawhi's Western Conference semifinal stats up, it, specifically Game Seven, LeBron would have to retire. He would have to change his name, and he would have to just disappear from this country altogether. Y'all remember that King of SoCal billboard that went up? That shit feels like it was ages ago. Nah, it was it was kind of at the beginning of this specific, you know, league year. Kawhi could have been hoisting the third trophy of his career, you know, with the real king of SoCal, but instead he kind of decided to join the team of the weaker little brother down the hall at Staples, and then he also teamed up with Paul George, who's probably currently getting catfished by a stripper. And lastly, Jimmy Butler. You thought you were safe? You are, man. You're cool as hell. The Heat are dope. Uh, you know, outside of Jay Crowder, anyway. Jimmy Butler, he put the team on his fucking back. And watching this series and seeing him play, it, it kind of looked like how I felt watching LeBron try to beat the Warriors in 2015, you know, for their only earned title. You know, when LeBron was getting votes for finals MVP on the losing team. Anyway, shout out to Jimmy Butler. Shout out to Tomball, Texas. Stand up. Drop the Big Face Coffee merch, you know? That's that's pretty cool. <laughs> and um, let me just run through these little tick marks of what LeBron accomplished, not for himself but for others, with this fourth ring of his. He finally surpassed the bullshit of Golden State, and he now has more rings than Steph and Clay, you know, who, who both enlisted KD to run their numbers up anyways. Don't let anybody distract you from the fact that it took exactly one year and one healthy Cavs team to beat the quote-unquote illustrious Warriors. So Draymond, you know, ended up going to the parking lot and weeping to Kevin Durant and, you know, come help me beat LeBron, I can't, whatever, bro. Anthony Davis, a guy who never sniffed the conference finals, was able to ball out freely as a number two option, you know, to a 17-year, you know, veteran, by, you know, by the way. And he played the best basketball of his career. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. LeBron kind of put the red carpet out, too, for for Dwight to walk into the Hall of Fame. Dwight finally got that ring. You know, he got into the league a year after LeBron, and he had his fair share of, you know, accolades and defensive players of the year and all those good things. But he kind of fell out of favor with the league. So who really – who doesn't like a redemption story? And, you know, speaking of redemption stories, LeBron also got Rondo his second ring. Rondo was hopping around teams and kind of lost favor of all these locker rooms and whatever it is. But more importantly, this ring finally separates Rondo from his bozo-ass Boston Celtic counterparts, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett. Rondo and Ray Allen are now in an elite club 
known as the quote, this guy's cool with LeBron club. And to make matters worse, Rondo was on the fucking Lakers when he did this, which just makes it all the while better. And, you know, Pierce and Garnett are sitting at home just like punching the air, like furious. Next guy, Contavious Caldwell Pope, KCP, who, you know, just a few years ago was wearing an ankle bracelet on his, you know, in game sanctioned by a jail. This guy has a ring that kicks ass. I love it. J.R. Smith is a two-time champion. You know, no one can say shit to the any god now. Um, shout out to J.R. Smith. JaVale McGee just got a ring, marking the first ring of his career. And by my calculations, that would be one more than Kevin Durant. Yeah, yeah. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Waiters Island, Dion Waiters, he has a ring too, which I guess isn't that special because he was eligible for one with Miami before, you know, he went kind of crazy on those those edibles on the plane and got himself kicked off the team. <laughs> oh, and m- most importantly, Giannis's brother got a ring before him, and he's about to go big flex at Thanksgiving dinner. You really hate to see it. Anyway, shout out to LeBron. That's my goat. Congrats to him. Congrats to the Lakers, I guess, whatever. We're here for LeBron. Amen. Amen to both of, the, both of your rants. Obviously approved. Um. And this is a good time, just a little uh, bonus you played yourselves. The, quote, experts who said the Lakers were giving up too much for Anthony Davis, you played yourselves too. You know, it's always good to be part of the bot family when we can start rooting for, like, the same fucking teams, like, and the same players and be on the right side of history oftentimes. Like, you know, I think this is one of those things where we look back on and we're like, man, it's great that we treat LeBron as a god. Because that's exactly what it is. So, amen to my cousin. Amen to you, man. Amen. Amen to everyone else that's pro-LeBron. Amen. Okay. So, I wanted to do, like, a little non-sports one. It just hit me this week. Um, So, bear with me here. You played yourself, gang. So, this You Played Yourself goes to people that decorate their houses for Halloween. So, okay. I know everybody's going to be, oh, wow, Bah humbug! I know wrong holiday. What whatever people say when bah people aren't humbug. in the mood for. for <laughs> what? First whatever. of all, you're not gonna speed past that. Like you didn't just say what you just first. Said. Let me establish that this is not directed at candy and the presence of delicious candy on this holiday. Candy is the one glaring positive of Halloween for me, and I partake in many many pieces of candy. So, not directed at candy. Never mind that. Y'all are decorating for one day of passing out fucking candy. That's fine. You feel festive. You want to watch scary movies to pee your pants a little. That's all cool. <laughs> That's your prerogative, right? Some people out are out here decorating the shit out of their houses while having some raggedy-ass lawn situations and some messy-ass garages. Let me tell you what bothers me so fucking much, and this makes me super washed and old, but, and, my, and my wife makes fun of me all the time about it, it drives me nuts when people have a fucking two-car garage and don't park their fucking cars in it because they have so much fucking junk. <laughs> you guys channel that fucking energy decorating your house with fake-ass spiders and spider webs that you have to take down, and instead, you fucking you skipped yard sale season for this fucking made-up Halloween season. Use that fucking energy to clean out your garages. Man, you played yourself, okay? And... 
it's nothing against people that decorate and, you know, handle their business outside of that. But y'all are feeling festive. Like, like take care of your fucking house first. I don't give a shit about this fake-ass spider web that you got to take down. Like, take the shit out of your garage and park your car in there so you're not taking my curb spot every time. I will have to stare at your dumbass car outside my window. It, it's definitely Anyways. it's definitely a pet peeve of mine, too, to kind of what you described, the, uh, the garages where you can't park anything inside of it or move or... Even like, like trying to like fam, you got too much shit if you can't park your car inside the house. But I, like you have a full ass house. But I think I'm taking Steph's side. We're like, hey, you let these things bother you way too much about what other people do. Some people are just like are trash bags and they like to hoard shit. So that's just what it is. But hey, I but, get it. I think we're. But both- then they'll. But then oh, I guess part of the somehow in all the hoarding, they find all their Halloween decorations every single year. So while you're at it, why don't you just fucking clean some of this shit out? Uh, I think I'm this. I I have a a different type of energy on uh, on Halloween as well. As much as I love some of the things that we do that that Jack and I have been able to do pre-pandemic uh, in our community, I also have a take on like costumes. But instead of me getting on my soapbox, Bram, I sent you this uh, amazing take. It's from Lewis Black. Uh, he's a comedian. If you don't know who he is, he was also an accepted as one of the professors there. But in his 06... You Google him, you might recognize him. In his 06 Carnegie Hall performance, he kind of said it best. So I'm just going to let y'all listen for that. It's a quick listen. That whole Carnegie Hall, he also has a take on candy corn. I fucking hate candy corn. And he goes into it much better than I would. So go ahead and play that clip, Prim. If you're an adult... And you're planning to wear a costume on Halloween. Don't. I will find you. I will hurt you. I don't know why it was deemed to be a necessity among a group of adults that for some reason, they didn't grow out of uh, childhood. It's not an adult holiday. It's a holiday for children. That's who it's for. It's a holiday for children, because children want to dress up all the time. And you have to go, nope, this is the night, so shut the fuck up. (laughs) You're an adult, and you can put on a costume whenever you want. You don't need permission anymore. If you wake up next Tuesday and you feel like being Batman, go for it. You go into work, the boss says, who are you? And you go, I am Batman. That's who I am. Who are you? That's incredible. Yeah, I couldn't have said it any better myself. So I was just like, "Eh, let me fucking stop and let let some of these experts really talk about it that have actually put some thought into it. So listen, I I can already hear some of my number one podcast listener friends getting mad at me about this take. But what's new? I always have something controversial. The best part is so real. Like if you really want to go and dress up as fucking Batman or Spider-Man, 
Go do that tomorrow. Do that in you like the middle of July. Any day. You can do that. Any, I mean, you'll get looks, yeah. but you know, you, you yeah. put those I on. mean, just move to New York. You'll fit right in. You can get paid for it. <laughs> there you go. Uh, just, hey, I just love it. So, all right. So we are, we wrapped up with you played yourself for this episode. Do you have anything to add? Did we miss anything? No, man. I think we covered a lot of it, dude. You know, oh, I did think of something really quick. Mike McCarthy, fuck you. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys, fuck you. Mike would rather have Christopher Nolan, fuck you. Players, fuck you. The Dallas Cowboys, you fucking played yourself. You didn't think you were going to escape this, did you? Listen, I came to a realization this past week and I sent sent it to you and our cousins. I said, "Don't nobody let me get excited one bit for Cowboys football next year." I don't want to hear a fucking peep out of anyone, including myself, about them. You know, NFL draft's going to happen one weekend, and I want nothing until week one. I don't want to fucking utter their name until football season starts. I am sick and tired of getting my hopes up even a little bit every season. Yes, my expectations are pretty realistic. It's not like I think we're winning the Super Bowl. I'm not that meme where the Cowboys starter pack where everybody says, nah, we're going to take it this year. That's not me. And you number one podcast listeners know that. But I don't want one ounce of hope. I don't want anything. I'm going to talk fantasy football and nothing. NFL draft, nothing. I don't want to hear the fucking Cowboys out of anyone's fucking mouth until next football season starts. The latest news is that we have players talking shit about the coaches now. Yes, the coaches are utter nepotism-ridden garbage. But are those coaches getting blown off the line and on pace for the worst defense in history? I don't fucking think so. The NFL record for points allowed in a season is 533, set by the 1981 Baltimore Colts. The Cowboys are on pace to allow 581 goddamn points this year. 581. The fucking New York Jets lost to the Cardinals by less points than the Cowboys did on Monday Night Football. Could you imagine being one of those fucks who said the offense wouldn't suffer when we went from an injured Dak to Andy Dalton? And another fucking thing. Before before I wrap this up, I, I promise I'm starting to throttle down, and I wasn't going to do this, but I had to. Another thing, I don't want to hear it, hear about it. For all you people that said, they're still leading the division, fuck off with that. Their two wins are by a total of four points against the Falcons, who have fired their coach, and the Giants, who just won their first game because Washington is a piece of garbage franchise. How could you look at this season? The whole, and I mean whole offensive line is injured, Zeke fumbling like it's his job, when in fact the opposite is his job. The defense has more holes than a fucking cheese grater. Our savior, Dak Prescott, got hurt with his ankle the wrong direction. And having these trash-ass, nepotism-ridden coaches. And then you still think they have a chance at the division. You still think, after all that, they have a chance. Do you know that after their 38-10 to 10 throttling on Monday Night Football against the Cardinals, head coach Mike McCarthy said, quote, I felt like our pre- preparation coming into the game was our best this year, end quote. I mean, just fuck you. Fuck you. If I don't want to hear that. Could you imagine, even if you really, in the corner of your mind, really felt that way, actually saying it out loud for people to quote, that absolutely clinically insane dumb thing sounds more logical than saying the Cowboys have a chance at the playoffs? Like, 
the chance at the playoffs sounds even crazier. You know, the Cowboys told everyone after Dak got hurt, this was hashtag for Dak. And then they proceeded to put up barely 10 points and lost to the Cardinals, who completed just nine passes. I was under the impression that they liked Dak. And then they they have the audacity to dedicate it to him and throw up that performance. Like, take it fucking back, please. Make this season fucking stop. Make it stop. Wow. Uh, You know, this is like the second time that I've... In a long time, I think the number one, you know, the number one podcast in in your headphones, it comes to you for a reason. It's number one for a reason is because it's raw. Like for those that are not able to see what I'm able to see, you know, my bro and I are FaceTiming so I can just see his passion. Uh, And, you know, I first of all, I hate the fucking Cowboys. And I as much as I enjoy listening to your pain, hearing your rants. It feels like you have more gray hairs than I do, <laughs> and you're younger, totally true. Uh, and it's because of the Cowboys. Yeah. Uh, and and I want to give the uh, the listeners a chance to um, kind of play on something. So you know, my bro reference would rather have Christopher Nolan. So the defensive coordinator, and I'm using air quotes uh, that you can't see because. This is coming in your headphones. Is Mike Nolan, right? He's the, he's the defensive coordinator. Well, Christopher Nolan, he's a director. I think you guys all know him. So I wanted to explore this option a little bit further based on his his movies. Uh, and so humor me a little bit, right? So I'm going to preface this section not with the spoiler alert. Like, if you haven't seen some of his fucking movies, like, too bad. Like, you shouldn't be listening. I'm sorry. Like, do, am I allowed to say that? Should I say that? Whatever. I mean, I mean, if you haven't seen fucking the Dark Knight trilogy, like, where the fuck have you been? So maybe you've been with actual Mike Nolan being so far up your ass that you don't know what's going on or in the world around you. So if you don't know, Christopher Nolan, you know, he's the director of the Dark Knight trilogy, Inception, Interstellar. Uh, I haven't seen Tenet yet, but that the movie that's out right now. So like. Wouldn't it actually be interesting if Christopher Nolan was the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys? Now, now hear me out. This is just like, <laughs> I don't know where this came from. I just fucking thought of it. It can't be worse, right? What if this was all illusion? Was this a dream? Like within a dream? Where God, I hope. Leonardo DiCaprio would plant the idea in Jerry Jones's mind to actually hire competent coaches? Like, you can take that and like... Run with it, right? Hey, okay, Leo's in my my head, planning this subconscious thought, whatever, we're this dream within a dream within a dream. Holy fuck. All right, now we're going to hire some competent coach. And then you could actually take that with Matthew McConaughey visiting from a different dimension to actually figure out what is wrong with the team. But it's like, he is like from the future, but you're in the current state and like everything ends up being okay. So like... You think you play this out in your minds, but he's already played it out and he's in this weird, you know, wall that's there and like knocking. What? I, holy crap. Wouldn't that be fucking sweet? And then like, you know, worst comes to worst. I think we've all seen at least the Dark Knight trilogy. And what if Bane was revived? You know, uh, again, spoiler alert. I don't fucking care if it's we a spoiler alert. We on our defense. But humor me again here. So what if Bane... So if Heinz Ward was returning that kickoff in the movie, right, it's just like the weirdest thing ever because I don't think Heinz Ward ever returned a kickoff return. 
as the stadium implodes. Again, sidebar here. I love Zeke. Go Bucks. But like Heinz Ward returned that kickoff for a TD. Bram, sorry to like drive this knife further into your like abdomen. While the stadium was crumbling, he didn't fall. He didn't trip. I mean, he didn't even fucking fumble. I mean, like, it's pretty remarkable. So I feel like Christopher Nolan, if he was a defense coordinator, could be pretty creative. And, like, again, back to that Heinz Ward play, it still baffles me anytime I watch that movie, anytime it's on TV, or anytime I want to watch it as I fall asleep. It's, like, one of the best football plays of all time. Uh, You know, the only other football play that is a little bit better is the annexation of Puerto Rico. What kind of play you got for this situation? How about the annexation of Puerto Rico? And that's a little Giants reference if you didn't get that. So, all right, that's my that's my two cents on it because I couldn't do any justice to what you talked about your Cowboys. But I just want to take that Christopher Nolan and go down this rabbit hole for our listeners. I'm per- By the way, I'm pretty sure the little Giants could carve up the Cowboys defense also. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, they did carve out the Cowboys like in the actual movie. So, yeah. I would rather have that Cowboys team than the current one. Would you rather have. No, they lost in the. Would little you Giants. rather have the little Giants or the actual Giants? Like Icebox wow. or Daniel Jones? Great. Listen, I'm, I'm going with Icebox. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You can't get. You can't get. You can't be mad about Icebox. All right. On that note, let's move on to who you got and what you're feeling. And of course, last episode, um, you were on here. So we'll recap the picks that uh, Roche, you and myself made. Uh, We made picks for number seven, Miami, traveling to Clemson, um, who's number one and still is. Clemson was favored by two touchdowns. And man, was that not enough. Hopefully, if you are a betting person, you hammered. um, You went with Clemson big time. Uh they won 42 to 17. You thought Miami would cover. I went with Miami just because I was trying to bring out good juju, but uh, Roche was exactly right. He said Hurricane Delta might have a better chance. So uh, he also said Miami was going to cover. So we were all really wrong on that one um, because I don't think any of us realistically thought Miami was going to win that game. Um, our ALCS and NLCS picks um, at the time, we were still in the. Just wrapping up wild card and into the division series. I went with Padres, Braves, Astros, Yankees. You went with Dodgers, Braves, Astros, Yankees. Um, And Roche was correct. He picked the right four teams, Dodgers, Braves, Astros, and Rays. So um, we obviously already went over what happened after that. And then uh, we played a game of legit or not with a couple of teams. Um, And we have quite the little recap because we've since had two games since we went over that. Uh, At the time, we, we covered the Browns. Uh, they won once and then got dominated by the Steelers. They are now four and two, and their two losses are in the division and probably against the best teams they've faced. Not probably, they are against the best teams they've faced. So I think uh, most people feel that the Browns um, aren't truly legit until they beat one of those tough teams. Um, at the time, the Bills were undefeated. They have now lost two in a row. They lost to a barely practiced Tennessee Titans team on a Tuesday game. And then lost to the Chiefs. Obviously, that's forgivable. So they are now four and two. Um, the Cardinals at the time were two and two. They had the great fortune of playing the New York Jets and Dallas Cowboys back to back. So obviously they're four and two. And uh, we went over the Colts. The Colts went one and one since we went over whether they're legit or not. Uh, they lost to the Browns, but then came 
came back from down 24-7 against the Bengals, so it still appears it's the Titans' division to lose, especially with the Colts needing uh, quite the comeback to even beat the Bengals. So um, this week I have a couple picks for you. Uh, first up, an NFL matchup for you. Uh, the Steelers travel to Nashville to face the Titans. They are both 5-0 and teams, so I think the NFL currently has three undefeated teams left, uh, and we're guaranteed, well, I guess they could tie, but we're likely to have one less at least because of this matchup. Uh, the line that I saw was Pittsburgh minus two. So uh, who you got for this one? Uh you know, this is a this is gonna be a great matchup. Uh, hoping it's on TV for sure, but uh, I'm taking the Titans plus two. I think the Bud Dupree injury for Pittsburgh is a huge loss for them. They were able to be very versatile in defense for that. I think their defense is still very legit, but that that is a huge loss, especially against a pretty pretty great offense in Tennessee, which is weird to say, especially with Ryan Tannehill at, at the helm. So I think both of the offense are going to put up points, but anytime a road team uh, is is a favorite, you got to go with the home dogs. So that's why I'm taking Titans plus two. I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, they dominate the Steelers here. What about you? Um, I'm actually going with the Steelers here. Uh, I I just feel like it's a hunch their offense is humming and they really found someone found a weapon in Chase Claypool. It seems like with Ben their offense is humming to match their defense and yeah, Bud Dupree's a big loss, but they do have plenty of pieces and they have playmakers at every level. You, I'm very jealous of their defense. You think it's a you think it's a close game where they eke one out like kind of last second or do you think they yeah, cover for yeah. sure? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it's going to be close because um Tennessee can control the clock obviously with Derrick Henry, so I, I have a feeling they're going to be pretty smart. Uh, Tannehill takes care of the ball anyway, um, but I think it's going to be a close game for sure. The two points is like essentially it's a pick close to a toss yeah. up. I could sure. yeah, I could see I could see Pittsburgh winning by a field goal or or maybe like six or something. Okay, um, and we're going to discuss this a little bit more. But Big Ten football opens, and we have a pretty damn good matchup to open uh, the modified Big Ten football season. Number 18, Michigan, or as we call them, Team Up North, travels to Minnesota and ranked 21. Uh, Michigan is currently listed as three-and-a-half-point favorites as the road team. Uh, so who you got in this one? You know, uh, I went with I, – I spoke a little bit about the home dogs, so I got to go with the home dogs here. You know, I, I won't be surprised if the Team Up North – blows the living shit out of the Golden Gophers. But I do think this game is... I, but I think if this game is close, Minnesota does have the opportunity and has been able to prepare for the last couple couple weeks to say they're not a one-hit wonder. So I I can never really root for Michigan. But, you know, I think, you know, this, this is something where uh, it truly is a toss-up. And I, I was surprised to see Michigan favored here. But as a road dog, I think Minnesota gets off for this game. Yeah, I'm... I have trouble, you know, bring myself to pick the team up north. So I'm going with Minnesota at home. I mean, you're getting three and a half points too. So definitely if we're going with the line, I'm I'm going to go with the home team that's getting three points. And that's what I'm going with. Okay, um, so we made our picks previously, but I wanted to get your take on um, your World Series pick. Uh, who wins and in how many games? Who you got? Uh, sorry, shit. I fell asleep. Uh I, I'm rooting for the Rays, <laughs> uh, but I think it's Dodgers in five. I think they just have so much firepower. Uh, hopefully the Rays can 
keep this game going a little bit longer and and whatever. But uh, I would have loved to see the Strohs here, but I don't fucking care. I guess Dodgers in five. Yeah, who gives a shit? I probably won't be watching Ghost Strohs forever. Bang, bang, bitches. Hoes mad. But I guess if I have to pick, I'm going to go Dodgers in six. I don't root for any other team other than my own, so fuck off to every other team. All right. What about what you feeling? Um, I'm going to go first on this one, if that's all right with you. Yeah, and go I'll for it, take man. Here. Um, so I wanted to do a little something different. Might not even know that I'm going to do this, but I wanted to shout out my guy Harsh for getting married this past weekend. He's a number one podcast listener um, and overall great guy. So um, Harsh, congrats on your wedding. I know it got kind of delayed because of COVID and you made do with it. Just wanted to shout out a guy who's always shown number one podcast love so the number one podcast in your headphones is going to show love back so i wanted to shout out him and also big 10 fam we finally made it baby football is back football is back amen bro amen we fucking back we didn't think this day would come uh but i did want to take a huge moment to shout out one of my best friends pj and and his wife claire they've lived in columbus for for a good chunk of their time pj pj kind of grew up there and so i get to see him and it's kind of bittersweet uh because they're moving so it's it's kind of weird it's odd uh i'm a little uh jealous i'm I'm jelly for sure um you know they've they've uh worked with their uh employers so they're getting ready to be in a brand new city uh so they're moving i gotta go and see them for the first time in a really long time and and it's it's bittersweet because he's not two hours away anymore like you and steph are but i think it's just one of those where i'm excited to go visit that new city obviously when it's safe flying again but just just a huge shout out it's, and and so uh, a huge best wishes and congrats and uh, I'm, I'm excited to to see them and and really catch up before they head out so yeah shout out peach and claire they're uh, also number one podcast listeners all right um you know i like to wrap up each episode my too much sense my little wisdom that you didn't ask for but i'm gonna give you anyway and this week i wanted to talk a little bit about um being genuinely happy for people's news you know we just had a couple in our what you feeling if you don't have people around you uh, that are genuinely happy when you got good shit going for you um it's time to reevaluate also if you're one of those people that can't be happy when other people are are winning you need to reevaluate as well because wins are contagious man if you're happy for for someone else, I don't know if you number one podcast listeners are believers in karma, but I sure am. So the happy you are for other people, that's going to come back to you. So I'm a big believer in other people's wins being celebrated like your own. It's good for them. It's good to see your people win. So um, my too much sense for this week is to make sure that you're surrounded with people that are like that for you and that you're one of those people for um, the people that are close to you. So, uh, that's my too much sense for this week. And, uh, with that, that wraps up another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones. That's right. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourselves. This has been Prem Brulee. I'm Premobot, my big bro Vish. Thank you for joining me again. Absolutely. Two episodes in a row. Love you, bro, man. This is episode great. Love you, man. This is episode 80. It's quite the oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Quite the accomplishment i appreciate i know i say this a lot but i appreciate you number one podcast listeners you know um it's not lost on me that how much it means when people share when people like and um, tell me that they're listening to the podcast it really means a lot i know 
it's easy to share things, but uh, you don't have to do it and you don't have to listen and subscribe and review and all that good stuff, but you do anyway. And I sure as hell appreciate it. And I never want that to be lost. You number one podcast listeners are number one for a reason. Um, and I appreciate you keeping this number one podcast alive and well. And one thing I know many people don't listen this far in. So if you have, and you did listen this far in, let's hear from you. Like, what is your uh, biggest pet peeve? You know, Prem went on this huge rant about not being able to park in your garage. What is that? And then also, what is your favorite candy? And mind you, you can eat that fucking candy any time of the year. So let's hear it from you. Amen. Post on social media. Let's hear it. Uh, hopefully it's not coke. As long as your favorite candy isn't some like candy corn or fucking Twizzlers. It's a wrong answer. Or anything with coconut. I will say that. I mean, that's wrong. That's just flat out wrong. <laughs> coconut fucking sucks. Listen, appreciate you, number one podcast listeners. Appreciate you, Vish. And uh, we'll talk to you next episode. Oh,